Hey Mama, grab your cup of coffee or glass of wine, some headphones, and maybe a video monitor, and commit to taking these next 30 or so minutes for you. I get it, the never-ending to-do list, the nap time hustle, getting started with your workout just to hear the baby begin to cry. But I'm here to say, you are killing it. So this one's for you. We'll be chatting pre and postpartum fitness, breastfeeding tricks and myths, upgrading your nutrition, baby sleep habits, recovery from birth, and so much more. Because while your title of mama is a big one, it doesn't cover all of you. It's time for a little self-care and some focus on you and optimizing your overall health. So let's get going. Hey, you guys. Thanks for coming back to the podcast. Today I have Carrianna from All the Sleeps On as a guest. And Carrianna is a pediatric sleep consultant. She works with babies, she works with toddlers, and she specializes in just helping tired and overwhelmed moms teach their little ones to love sleep. So I came across her Instagram page and immediately was hooked because she is sharing all sorts of sleep tips and explanations. She has a blog with a lot of freebies on there, and then she's also um, a sleep coach. So she helps families and does one-on-one coaching. She does courses, but she is a wealth of knowledge around a topic that I think many of us mamas will pretty much always be interested in, and that is sleep and how to get more sleep. And she talks with us today really about the science behind sleep and what that looks like for a newborn and what that looks like for us and how we can help our babies learn how to comfortably sleep, learn how to put themselves back to sleep a little bit more independently so that they don't always need us along the way. I loved this conversation selfishly because I am right in the thick of it with my two-month-old and I already took some little nuggets away from this conversation and I am using them in nap time already so I hope you guys enjoy this conversation definitely give her a follow on Instagram and check out her page and I will catch you guys at the end Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Health Without Limits podcast. I do have another guest on the podcast today, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I am selfishly very excited for this conversation today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So my name's Carrianna. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I am a pediatric sleep consultant, and um, I'm the owner of All the Sleep, so I work with families basically zero through five years when they're struggling with sleep issues. I love talking about sleep. (laughs) And it is probably an issue that is always going to be very popular and a much-needed field to be in. So why don't you share, like, how did you get into this field? Was it through personal experience? Like, how how did you get into it? And then what? How did you get into this? Even the certification of all of that? Yeah. So I'm I'm a mom myself. It was definitely personal experience <laughs> that brought me here. Um, my boys are five and seven years old now, so it's been a while since we've been in those baby days. But I just remember coming home from the hospital with my oldest and just having zero clue what to do you know I just thought I could lay him down in his crib and that he would fall asleep and it would be not a big deal and that's not at all what happened as I'm sure you can relate that's (laughs) just not the way that they're wired um so I started doing a ton of googling and reading sleep 
um, books and blogs. And when we hit four months, you know, sleep really got bad and we were kind of desperate. So we decided to sleep train, read all about it, did it. And it was like a night and day difference for us. I had this like happy baby and who was sleeping well. And before he had been so fussy and just really hard to, you know, just get through the day with. And so I became a believer <laughs> um, and, you know, continued to read and learn more, applied the same thing with my second son. And with my second son, we actually ended up hiring a sleep consultant because we just decided, you know what, we need someone, we need some more help. And through that experience, I was like, oh my gosh, what she does is amazing. I want to do this. So lots of learning, lots of helping friends, babies out with, with their sleep. And then I decided as my kids got a little older and I was, you know, able to handle things more, I'm like, okay, I'm going to become certified. I'm going to do this. Um, so went through a certification course, did a couple mentorships with some sleep consultants who've been doing this longer than me. And kind of how I got here today. And it's funny, you know, up until I would say until we had our daughter, I didn't even know that this was a field that you could get into, but it makes so much sense because what a need, you know, parents are, are always going to be in that boat. And similar to you, you know, when we brought Sophia home from the hospital, she was kind of in that newborn honeymoon phase where she did just kind of sleep for like two weeks straight and we're like, wow. And then slowly as we developed more, it was like, whoa, okay, like <laughs> Google, I need help with this, I need help with this. Yeah. So it's, I can imagine a great field to be in that's always gonna be needy. Mm -hmm. And it's also what I found, it's extremely rewarding too, because you just, you see so much improvement and in seemingly a short time now, usually it's not as quick as we would like, because usually when we're sleep deprived, we want like instant results. But in a relatively short period of time, we can see such great improvements and it's just super rewarding. It makes all the difference too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, I kind of want to like divide up the questions that I have for you into like nighttime sleep and naptime sleep, because I know that those are two very different you know, beasts to tackle, but, you know, looking at nighttime sleep, I'm sure, you know, a lot of parents have that goal of, I want my baby to sleep through the night and some of it's developmental, some of it's not, but where do you stand on that? Like, where do you recommend parents getting started? Do you say, you know, start right away, hold off until this age? Like what are some of the steps that parents can take to start moving in that direction? Yeah, I think that's such a great question. And I feel like you're right. That's like kind of the big like question that everybody has. And it's a lot of times misunderstood um, just because sleeping through the night means totally different things to everybody. You know, um, what I try to make sure that that families know is that truly none of us sleep through the night. So we all have these normal wakings throughout the night. It's the way we're built, that's very normal. Your baby is gonna have more of those um, just because their sleep cycles are shorter. So, it, but we adults have them, you know, and we may not remember them the next morning, but they're there. So that's like the first key when we're thinking about sleeping through the night, and I'm using air quotes, um, <laughs> that nobody truly does that. So 
It's more about having your child be comfortable in their sleep space and trying to help them build those skills so that they can fall back asleep without you know, having to call or cry out for someone, without needing to wait for a feed or a rocking or someone patting their back. Um, you know, those things help. And kind of to answer your other question where you said, you know, when, when can we start this? What's appropriate? We can start working on these things from the very beginning if we want to. Um, not to say that you have to at all, but a newborn has the ability to fall asleep on their own just like an older baby or a toddler or a child does. There's obviously a lot going on with newborns, so that can make it more difficult. We're gonna have very different expectations, but that ability and that skill can still be there at a young age, as long as you know all things are good with health and we're not dealing with tummy issues and things like that. And you had mentioned, which is something I came across on your page too, those sleep cycles. And you see it, I see it, you know, with my daughter where she'll go down and then 30, 40 minutes later, she's awake and she's crying. And you talk a lot about, you know, helping your baby, teaching your baby to be able to put themselves back to sleep. So can you talk a little bit more about that, whether it's in daytime or nighttime sleep, but what does that look like? And like, how do we tackle that? Yes, yes, that's a big question. So usually what that's gonna look like, um, I am a big advocate for if we're gonna work on that, that we want to start at bedtime with working on that skill. So a lot of times families will come to me and you know, bedtime as far as falling asleep, like it's no biggie, they rock their child for five minutes, they're passed out, they transfer them, that all goes smoothly for them. But then the child is up a lot overnight and so they wanna tackle that. And I'm kind of the bearer of bad news and I'm like, I totally understand that. We need to tackle it at bedtime first. Even though that's going smooth, I don't feel that it's fair to just all of a sudden expect them to do something on their own in the middle of the night. Um, and that it makes more sense if we're kind of working on this at bedtime when they're more aware, when they're more awake. Mm -hmm. So that's always where I recommend starting. And you know, that looks like some form of sleep coaching or sleep training. Um, you know, laying them down awake, going through your routine, having them prep for bed, laying them down awake. And then there's, you know, a whole range of methods that families can use depending on what they're comfortable with. It, it does not have to mean that they're shutting the door and leaving and they're like, oh, see ya, good luck, figure it out on your own. You know, it does not have to mean that. Um, I have many families I work with that want to stay in the room and we do it that way, that want to provide, you know, touch and soothing. And that's all possible. It really just kind of depends on what the family prefers, what kind of, you know, speediness of results we're looking for. Um, but yeah, that's where I always recommend starting at that bedtime when their little bodies are, you know, flooded with melatonin and they're just primed for sleep. That makes sense. And you did, I think, um, like an IG live, right? Where you talked about some of those different, like, and I liked that you had kind of a continuum of like, okay, this is a really hands-off approach. This is a really hands-on approach. So are then with your families, do you pretty much kind of get a feel for them and then say, hey, I think this one would work for you? 
Yes, yes, exactly. Get a feel for what they're comfortable with. Learn a little bit about their child because some children are going to handle different methods, um, you know, differently. And sometimes we'll get started and we'll realize, you know what, we picked a method that maybe is what the parents would most prefer, but it doesn't seem like the child's responding very mm. well. So we kind of change it up. Um, but yeah, I try to be very family specific with, with what we pick because at the end of the day, the family needs to feel comfortable with it or they won't be able to be consistent and it's not going to work. That makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I like that you have those different approaches too, because everybody's kind of did, like comfortable with different things. Um, but it's interesting that you say actually started at bedtime and it makes a whole lot of sense because then really the baby is learning those skills and can hopefully transfer it over to the nap time and, mm-hmm. and use those skills to kind of soothe themselves back to sleep. So I like yeah. that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, and I just you, the, you made me think about this. Um, I have so many families that come to me and say, "Oh, well, we tried, we tried to lay them down awake for a nap." And a lot of times, families think like, "Okay, we'll just try it at nap time first because you know we don't want to mess up the night. We don't want it to be a longer, rougher night. So nap time seems a little safer." And I totally get that. But your, your baby's drive to sleep is just not as strong during nap time. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, for nap time, you can kind of run out of time, right? Where you're yeah. like, okay, I just got to get them down for a nap now. Like, I'm not going to keep messing around yep. with this. Yeah. Whereas at bedtime, you don't really run into that issue as yeah. much. So, yeah, just I couldn't, I can't stress that enough. Starting at bedtime is like one of the biggest things that I recommend if you're trying it on your own. And it, it makes sense too, like you said, with the melatonin, because I'm even thinking about my own daughter and she's at bedtime pretty good. Like if we get her up for even a feed in the middle of the night, we can just put her back down awake and she's sleepy enough that she'll stare at our ceiling fan for a couple minutes and then she's like, I'm out. And nap time is kind of a different story, but it makes sense to kind of start where it's more natural for them and then kind of work your way back up. Yeah. Now, you also have talked, um, I downloaded your short nap guides too, so I've been like working my way through that, Um, but you talk on there a little bit about wake windows. Can you share a little bit more about like what those wake windows are, what they look like, and why parents should pay attention to them? Yeah, so that's a really good question. With, you know, as our children get older, the amount of time that they can be awake um, gets longer. You know, obviously that's why we see newborns with like lots and lots of naps a day. And then by the time, you know, you get to two years old, they're just on one nap a day. And then obviously adults, well, we don't have to nap. Sometimes we do, I I love a good nap, but you know, that that need goes away that we have to have a nap to function. Um, And so with the wake windows, the idea is just to kind of line up the amount of time that they're awake between sleeps. So, you know, from wake up time in the morning until their first nap um, to line that up with how old they are and kind of find that perfect um, time for them. And, you know, when we're awake, we have this neurotransmitter called adenosine that builds and builds and builds while we're awake. And then when we go to sleep, it kind of like clears the brain of it. Um, 
And so with our babies, we just see that 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 happens at a quicker rate than with adults. And so that nap is a good way to release it and then they can be awake again and, and, and not go into kind of that stress response with an increase in cortisol and that kind of thing. It's funny, as you were talking about that, I actually, right before this podcast, um, I had fed my daughter and she gets a little spit up so she sits up with us for a few minutes after. Sometimes she's awake and talking, sometimes she falls asleep for 10 minutes. But um, so I had her, you know, sitting up and I was listening to your day three of the short naps, which you were talking about that. Mm-hmm. And she was pa- a little bit past her wake window at this point, but she was like awake and happy. And at first I was thinking like, let's just keep her up. Let's play a little longer. And then I'm listening to your message. I'm like, nope, <laughs> we're not going to do that. <laughs> She's happy now, but this could go downhill really fast. <laughs> yes. And that's so interesting you say that because kids are so different. Some babies are going to like drop sleepy cues really, really early. Um, And usually that's because there's kind of a general overtiredness happening, you know, maybe they're up a lot at night. And so, you know, they, they feel like they can really only be awake for a shorter time than the average for their age. And then there are kids on the other end of the spectrum who literally never drop a sleepy cue. And if we were just looking for signs of them being tired, we might not see them. Or we might not see it till it's like way too late and they're totally inconsolable. (laughs) So that's where those wake windows can help because it's not always super reliable just looking at your baby to know if it's time for sleep. Yeah, and that's such a good point because some of the other, you know, sleep things that I've read, they will recommend, you know, wait until they're yawning or rubbing their eyes or, and sometimes she does that but we have hit the point where she wasn't doing that at all and then all of a sudden it was bad so I I like that there's just nope you know this is kind of the structure of it and this is how their brains are wired and I think that helps parents get in a bit of a routine too because they know what to expect they're not constantly just kind of watching the baby to see are you tired yet Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It can definitely be helpful. And, you know, the, probably the only thing I would say that can get stressful about wake windows if parents are just feeling like they're constantly tweaking them or testing them or, um, you know, so for some people, it can be kind of anxiety inducing to watch those windows. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with going with more of a by the clock schedule where you have set times for naps but you know those are obviously also going to be kind of shaped around that same age appropriate length of time right um so either way you go is okay we just want to be mindful of how old our child is and how long them being awake you know what's appropriate for their age and i like it seems with your style that you're really able to tailor your coaching to the family and it's it's not like a one size fits all approach. So can you talk a little bit about like what do you offer in in the way of coaching? What does that look like for a family kind of like from start to finish if they were working with you? Yeah, so I I have several one-on-one options, but probably the main one that I do is a two-week consultation. And so that's more for the families that feel like 
they need some hand holding to get through this. Usually it's like a first child or the first child that they've, you know, had to sleep train. So they're just kind of feeling unsure. Um, and with that, you know, we, we talk beforehand. So I kind of get a feel for their parenting style a little bit how comfortable they're feeling with things. Um, I have them fill out a really long and detailed sleep assessment just about, I mean, about sleep, but also about daily things and schedules and feeding, just to make sure I'm really getting a full picture of what's going on. Um, and then I start to put together a plan for them. And the plan is typically gonna be um, you know, introducing a method or a couple methods that we can kind of talk through, introducing what that daytime schedule looks like, any prep work, like with their sleep environment, with their routines around sleep. Um, and then I put together a really, I would say comprehensive step-by-step, day-by-day plan so that they can look at it and really just focus on, okay, today's day one, this is what we're doing. And then tomorrow is day two, this is what we're focusing on. Um, because I like to give a lot of information, but I also know I'm working with like tired and overwhelmed parents. So I like to break it down so they can just say, okay, this is what we're doing today. Um, and so that kind of walks them through what's gonna happen. And the plan isn't set in stone. It can be tweaked and changed, but that way they know kind of where we're headed with things. Um, and once they get that plan, we hop on another call so we can kind of talk through any questions, concerns. If there are tweaks right off the bat that they're like, oh, we, you know, this isn't going to work for our family or our schedule, you know, we can adjust that. And then we start implementing it. And during that time, we just kind of stay in daily email communication. So any questions they have, if we need to troubleshoot or tweak things, you know, we kind of become BFFs for those two weeks. And I tell them, you know, you can't bug me with too many questions, like not possible. Um, so we, we just talk a lot and it's a lot of handholding and guidance during that time. And would you say that like age-wise, are you typically working more with like newborns and younger babies or is this something that you do like with toddlers or older babies too? That's a really good question. I would say with my one-on-one services, I'm more working with like the three months up to five years. Um, So anywhere within that range, that's who I'm usually doing more of the one-on-one work with. Not, you know, like we mentioned earlier, not to say we can't be implementing some of these things from early on, but I find that most parents aren't quite needing that one-on-one approach early on because it's a lot of just, let's try this, this is very low key, you know, then let's add this in, this is very low key. You know, that newborn stage, it's a lot about practice, but it's all low key, low pressure. Um, so usually those, the, that age group, I kind of steer them more towards my newborn course because it does allow them to be more low key, you know, and, and to not um, feel like they're on this pressure of, okay, I've got two weeks with her. We got to get as far as we can in that time. You know, I just don't think that's an appropriate uh, attitude to have with the newborn right. stage. And then, so then with your newborn course, what does that look like for parents? Like, is that kind of a self-paced, like an ebook type thing? 
Yeah, so it's got videos and PDFs and it's, yeah, it's very much self-paced. So you go through it at your own pace. I have some families who like binged it in one night. I have some who, you know, do a module every couple days. Um, but it's, you know, all about building those, those building blocks of sleep. So setting the foundation, giving them actionable tips that they can, again, practice, not force, but practice as they feel ready to. Um, yeah, I, I really, that, that course was, um, when I created it, I just, I, cause I was getting lots of inquiries from newborns and newborns families. And I did not want to be, you know, pushing them towards my bigger packages. Cause I just didn't want them feeling that pressure. And I felt like making that course was a good in between. So they had all that background info about how their newborn sleeps work, but they didn't feel that pressure of, okay, we've got to get them to be a perfect sleeper in two weeks, you know, cause that's yeah. just, that's not reality right. with newborns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, developmentally, they're just not there yet, and they're going to change again within a month. So, Right. Yeah. Lots of ups and downs, for right. sure. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I do. Um, I use the Wonder Weeks app where they kind of track some of those leaps. And at first I was hesitant, but now it, it really does kind of line up and make sense. Like, you know before I was using it, I would almost be frustrated if she was going through like, man, she napped so well, like all last week and now what's going on. But it kind of gives you that peace of mind of like, look at all of these things she's trying to take in and process right now. And of course she's going to wake up from her nap and feel like, you know, oh my gosh. And it's, if you look at a chart, it's happening like crazy within those first like three to four months. So it does make sense that, you know, parents, should have a little bit more of that flexible mindset at that early, early age. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And totally, not to go off on a tangent, it's so funny you say that because I hear I hear that a ton from families about like using a Wonder Weeks app. I also hear the opposite. Like I would say it's 50-50 mm -hmm. and some families get just it, it stresses them out. Like they will look ahead and see, oh no, there's a stormy <laughs> period. And they're like already yeah. stressed out, yep. you know, a week before. <laughs> so it's so funny, the two very different experiences that, that people can have with that. Well, it's funny though, cause I, I thought I was going to be that way, very like stressed and anxious. And it just kind of organically happened where I had downloaded the app and I forgot about it, honestly. And then she had just a fussy couple days and I just happened to open the app and it was like, oh, she's in leap one right now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> makes <sense. laughs> right. Makes sense. So I've been kind of able, but I tell myself like, don't look ahead because mm -hmm. then you're going to stress yourself out. So very yeah. interesting. I think that's a good approach <laughs> yeah. to kind of use it if you're like, oh, I think something might be going on and yeah. to check rather than like having your whole next three months <laughs> plotted out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, so as we kind of wrap up, like you've given so many good tidbits, but what would be like your biggest piece of advice for I would say parents kind of starting off at the beginning, whether they're a new parent or they're a seasoned parent, but you know, they're kind of wondering about sleep or worried about sleep. What's kind of a tip that you like to give to a lot of parents? So I'm going to, I'm going to give a piece of advice and then I'm going to give a tip too, if I can. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I, I have a piece of advice, but it's not really like 
a sleep tip. So <laughs> the advice I would give, there is so much noise out there about sleep, like so much. And it, it is something that can just cause a lot of undue stress. So if you're struggling, I would just recommend take a step back and try to decide, am I struggling because we are, you know, struggling and we need more sleep and we're at our, you know, the end of our rope? Or am I struggling because I'm feeling all this outside pressure from social media, from family members, from friends, you know? And if it's that outside pressure, you know, you, I don't want you to feel, feel like you have to make changes if you don't want to, you know? It's very much a personal family decision and outside of your household, nobody else's opinion matters you know it it really doesn't so finding what you within your household need to do and maybe that's do nothing maybe that's wait it out longer maybe that's we need to make a change asap but um kind of really listening to that that inner uh the, just the inner workings of what's what's going on um because i hate seeing families that that feel so much pressure and like they have to do something when in their heart, they're like, I don't want to do anything. Like this is okay for me, you know? Um, so yeah, that's my piece of advice. I would say my biggest tip and probably like the two easiest things that you can do if you're struggling, make sure that your sleep environment is dark, like dark, dark, dark for naps, for nights really easy to achieve even if you need to like tape up some aluminum foil over the windows like that's okay if it looks weird give it a try that and adding white noise they aren't like perfect fixes by any means but it's a really good starting place and it's a really easy place to start and it just might be enough to give you you know enough of an improvement where you feel like okay i don't i don't need to do anything else um but that's kind of my my first tip and those are two like non-negotiables when i work with families i'm like okay do we have a pitch black sleep space for naps for nights for early mornings and do we have white noise because if not we got to get those things yeah. in order yeah the the white noise for us is a huge one we have you know a sound machine and it's got different settings with the type of noise you can do but we kind of just do like that generic like fuzzy white noise Aesthetic. yes mm -hmm. yep and um it's funny my parents the other night we had a wedding so my parents put her to sleep and we came home and she was up she was fussing and they couldn't get her down and I just happened to go check the sound machine and it was on like bird chirping oh. and I'm like oh that's why as soon as I changed it put her in the bassinet and she's okay I'm like wow it's just crazy how much of a difference that can make Yes, yes, it's it's such a big difference. And like I said, it's not a magic fix, but it, I can't tell you how many families like we've started to work together and before I've gotten them the plan, they're going through the prep materials, they get it dark, they get white noise and like half of their problems are gone. You know, it's just a very easy thing to tackle first. Yeah, yeah. So um, why don't you share too, because I'm going to put this in the show notes, but where could people find you as far as social media and then as far as your website, if they were looking to look into your courses or that one-on-one -on -one coaching with you? Yeah. So my website is allthesleeps.com um, and you can see my different services there. I also have a blog 
with just tons of topics. So um, there's a lot you can just go and read for free if you are a reader or researcher. Um, and then I'm on Instagram and Facebook, just at all the sleeps. And I, I do a ton of tips and Q and A's and um, just tons of resources there on social media too. So I, I'm like an Instagram junkie. I love, I love sharing content and mm-hmm. putting stuff out there. So you will find me there very often. <laughs> you do. And you share a lot of like reels and there's IG lives too, that you're just putting so much valuable free content out there. So I can definitely attest to that. (laughs) That makes my day because I love pouring myself into that. So I love hearing when people are like, I love it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm glad we were able to connect and do this. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Health Without Limits podcast. You guys know that I appreciate your support more than anything and really love having this outlet to just share my voice too. Don't forget to reach out to me on social media so that we can connect. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Both of those will be in the notes section of this episode. I'll catch you guys in the next one.